Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Life Happens Radio, your weekly radio broadcast here on WGY at 11 a.m. every Saturday morning. It brings you information, ideas, tools, techniques to help you navigate through this very complex life that we are living in today's society. We talk about estate planning, financial planning, wills, trusts, powers of attorney, businesses, how to start a business, run a business, sell a business, how to take care of our family members, how to take care of children with special needs, plan for college education, look at how you can help your aging parents if you're a caregiver getting them care and planning, yes, for our own care, if you're like me, one of the baby boomers coming through the pipeline. So today we're going to have a special guest, and we're very happy to have him here. It's Assemblymember John McDonald, and I'm going to get to John in just a moment. But before I do, I want to talk to you about an important upcoming program. If you know our show and if you know our law firm, Pierre O'Connor and Strauss, you know that we believe in education. And right now, Part of what we're going to talk about with Assemblymember McDonald and part of what we all face is trying to age gracefully, trying to enjoy our golden years. And for most of us, we want to age and we want to do that in the comfort of our own home. But that poses significant risks and challenges. And so we've put together a program in conjunction with Everhome Care Advisors, Life Care Coordinators, and you heard Susan Vale on the show last week. And Susan and I will be doing a series of programs, two in fact, that are coming up July 26th at noon, and that's at the Capital Region Chamber of Commerce. So Tuesday, July 26th, 12 noon, and Thursday, August 4th at 6 p.m., and that's going to be at Moscatello's in Troy. They're free, but seating is limited, and we want you to appreciate the need for planning in this area. My home, my castle. How can I keep this home, make sure it's safe, make sure it's protected, get the care that I need as I age, prepare and plan for that. And if you're in need of care now, by all means, come because we can teach you how to navigate the system that has become tremendously difficult. So my home, my castle, Tuesday, July 26th at noon, Thursday, August 4th at 6. And we're going to give you a special incentive to sign up right now on the radio. Our marketing director, Beth Wortman, the inimitable Beth Wortman, is here in studio live with us, waiting to take your name and number and sign you up for the programs either the 26th at noon or the 4th at 6. And if you do that during the show, so that is before 12 noon, you will receive a free complimentary Life Happens t-shirt. And we have one of those in studio here. Assemblymember McDonald's going to go home with one, and you'll want to go home with one too. So if you sign up right now, call us. Right here on the radio at 800-825-5949. That's 800-TALK-WGY. Going to give it to you one more time so you have it. 800-825-5949. Sign up for My Home, My Castle. Come join Susan Vale and I, and we will walk you through what you need to know in order to plan for your future. So you can stay in that home, protect it, 
and make sure that you have all the tools that you need. Tuesday, July 26th, Thursday, August 4th. Call us. Beth is waiting to take your call right now. And with that, I want to introduce Assemblymember John McDonald. John, welcome to the show once again. You've been here before. It's so good to be here. And it's always great to have you here. You are a, a, a local businessman, a legislator, and you have a very good feel for this community because you've been a resident here. Well, not only that, but I've also, as a pharmacist for over 33 years, been working in the community as well. So it's interesting. People don't realize this, but pharmacists, you know, obviously we help people with their medications, but we get very much involved in a lot of other things outside of pharmaceuticals. And you see a lot of, as your show aptly says, life happens. There's a lot going on out there. And um, we try to play a role in helping connect people to the right right situations. So how did that spark occur for you where you went from local businessman, an entrepreneur, a pharmacist, into politics? Yeah, that's an interesting thing because I never, you know, in pharmacy college, they don't teach any political science. You know, living and working in Cohoes for such a long period of time, I, you know, you, you love your hometown. And we struggled in the 90s. Bottom line is a lot of people said, hey, why don't you run for mayor? I said, I don't know a damn thing about politics <laughs> or being mayor. And they said, that's why we want and you to run. That highly qualifies you. That made me <laughs> top of the list. And we had a good 13-year run. But the nice part about being a local elected official to Capital Region is you're within a 15-minute drive to the state capital. So I spent a lot of time at the state capital, mm-hmm. um, got involved with a lot of statewide issues, president of the conference and mayor statewide. And, you know, the bottom line is it was a natural progression when my friend and neighbor, Ron Candace Jerry, decided to retire. Every mayor and supervisor in the district said, you're the person. And so there I am. And here you are now. And how long have you been in the assembly? Hard to believe it's been 10 years. Yeah. 10 years and, you know, unique in many aspects. I'm one of a handful of small business owners. Um, one of only... I'm the only pharmacist, one of only two or three healthcare practitioners out of the 213 person body. Um, and one of only two, maybe three uh, former city mayors. So, you know, you bring a little bit of different experience, you know, being in the executive level, you're used to running the show. But the reality is, as you know, in your business alone, it's not about having it your way. It's about trying to make sure that we kind of meet the common goal and make sure we address the people's needs. Yeah, I, I hearken back to a day when legislators were citizens and business people and they had jobs and the legislature was a part-time gig. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because there has been a push and I don't agree with it, um, whether I have another gig or not, that, um, you know, they, the belief is if they're they not dedicated to it full-time, they're crooks, which is just a terrible, terrible thing. The reality is citizen legislature is really bringing real-time experience into that body. It is. You know, it's changed a lot. I remember longtime Congressman Mike McNulty, everyone's favorite. I remember after my first month in the legislature, he, he reached out and said, how are things going? I said, you know, Mike, I always thought there was a bunch of lawyers down here. He goes, no, not anymore. He goes, when he went in in the 80s, there was. Yeah. But now it's more advocates. And there's nothing wrong with advocacy, and it's great in aspect, but... The reality is, at least this is my belief, the public really wants a deliberative, thorough review of policy issues. They don't just want to take one side or the other. It's about trying to find an area where policy works. See, far too often, and the headlines usually cover this, we hear about what one group wants to do from a policy perspective, which automatically takes the other side and puts them in another corner. Yes. 
and we're not working together. Well, that and divisiveness is, has gripped us for the last... It's unhealthy. 15 years, maybe? Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, it's not just the last couple of years. It's been, no. been a long no. period of time, and, and it's unfortunate because, once again, my background primarily is in healthcare. If there's an area where we shouldn't be messing around with, it's with healthcare. Oh, God, yes. It's not a... Healthcare is not a Republican or Democratic issue. Our government it's, spends more money for poor outcomes than any yeah, other government we, in the civilized world. We do a pretty good job of wasting it, but at the end of the day, it's about getting performance, right? It is. And we'll talk about that as we yeah. go through, but I kind of want to stay with the theme of, of your legislative experience yeah. and the 10 years that you spent in the legislature. Yeah. And a guy named Louis Lefkowitz, who back in the day was part of the administration, when and that's when they changed from a part-time legislature to a full-time legislature. Mm -hmm. And he said, there goes the government because you lost the people who weren't career politicians who were actually in the community, like you are, working, having a business, running a business, knowing what real people are suffering from and dealing with in communities. And we have, I think, today far too many career politicians. We have many people who are totally dependent on that as their only means of income. And the reality is, and this comes from somebody who's been on the inside for the last 23 years, uh, there are a lot of special interests that will hold you, get a grip on you and hold you. Mm -hmm. And the reality is those special interests aren't always reflective of who you're representing. And it's it's challenging and it's gotta be a balancing act. That's why I've always, I mean, one of the luxuries I've had, I've been in a unique situation, not many people are going to say, okay, I'm willing to work 16 hours a day the rest of my life. But I've been able to continue to have my hand in the business and, and, and be effective as a pharmacist. But same token, take that experience and bring it into the house because yes. it helps. Oh, it does. I mean, when you're dealing with people walking into your pharmacy and they're coming to you and saying, well, my prescription now costs $50. It yeah. used to be 10 yeah. and And I have a limited income. How do I deal with this? And those are issues you deal with as a pharmacist every day. Yeah, it's it's interesting because we actually have turned out to be unofficial. Hey, look at this for insurance options. Look at this. Now, we can't tell them what to do. We shouldn't be telling them what to do. Yeah. But we see it first. You know, we have a program in our system. Once a prescription hits over $100, you're calling the patient. We're not filling this prescription. We're going to try to figure something out. Because at the end of the day, I've always subscribed to a very simple theory right prescription for the right patient for the right price. If the patient can't afford it, they're not going to be compliant. If they're not going to be compliant, we're not going to get outcomes. And that's been lost in this whole system. It has. Uh, and, and, and prescription drugs is just one thread in a large tapestry of healthcare woes and issues. You know, it's interesting because, as you know, pharmacy, the profession itself, is tied to the commodity, the cost of the drug. And we are in this big tug of war between the pharmaceutical industry and the prescription benefit manager industry, which nobody really knows what the PBM is, but they are multi-billion um, dollar operations in each and every state. And, you know, we've been focusing on, wait a minute, at the end of the day, let's help these patients comply because then we get outcomes. And it doesn't always have to be the most expensive medication. But sadly, our federal government made a huge error back in the 80s when they allowed direct-to-consumer advertising. You know, everybody, you know, if you go back 10 years, they were talking about the purple pill. They wanted the purple pill for oh, their heartburn. Yeah. And that purple pill back then cost 5 or $6 a capsule. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, who pays for it? You know, you, you pointed out one of your articles, say, about the health insurers looking for major increases. 
And pharmaceutical costs, believe it or not, are not even going up that much. People don't believe this because they're not able to see what's going on behind the scenes. And pharmacy is probably 9% of the total healthcare dollar, but it's the most noticeable one. It's the one we take every day. Sure. And it's the one we pay for at the register. Because the rest of your billing, you go to your doctor's office, you may have a copay. Yeah. You may not, depending yep. upon your insurance plan. Hopefully yeah. you have insurance. Yep. If you don't, you're going to get a bill pretty quickly. Yep. But you, you may pay your 20 bucks, but you don't see the billing really beyond How, However, starting relatively soon, it's legislation I pushed last year and was able to finally get approved. You know how you get an EOMB, an explanation of medical benefits? Uh, yeah, and my yeah. senior clients get 20 of them. Right. Well, and they pay what? them. They're now, not even bills, and right. they write a check. I know. That is upsetting. But we are now expanding and adding the pharmaceutical benefit. I want patients. They'll say, oh, yeah, I paid $20 for this, but by the way, my insurance plan paid $350 for this. We need to continue to educate the patients to be consumers. Yes. We need them to be understanding of it. And unfortunately, the only people who get it these days, Lou, is probably primarily the amount of people you deal with. It's the seniors who are in these Medicare Part D plans mm-hmm. that have those donut holes that really eat away at their savings. And my thought being in this whole idea is, geez, if we could get them a little bit earlier on to looking for that right prescription for the right price, for the right patient phenomenon, educate them a little bit that that cholesterol medication at $300 a month actually works just as well at $1.75 a month. Maybe we could help take some of the pressure off the overall cost of healthcare. Yeah. We're going to stick with this theme when we come back and talk about some recent technological advances. And technology is a solution in many industries. It's very slow to adapt in healthcare, but it's coming. It and the, the local companies, I know one of our local health insurers now has a prescription drug tool, a, an, an app where you can match the consumer, the physician, and the insurance company to find that right drug at the right price. So there are some bright spots on the horizon where we're able to bring technology in and solve these gaps in information. So we're going to come back. We're lucky to have him here today, folks. I hope you stay with us. Assemblymember John McDonald. I'm Lou Piero, your host for this morning from Piero, Connor, and Strauss. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Oh, yeah. Little Billy Joe. Have a flight to Miami Beach. And we are today in a New York state of mind. Here on Life Happens with Assemblymember John McDonald. I want to remind you, folks. Now's the time to sign up for our upcoming seminars live in person at the Capital Region Chamber on July 26th at 12 noon at Moscatello's Italian Restaurant on August 4th at 6 p.m. It's my home, my castle. How do you plan? How do you create a plan for yourself? And how do you find services, bring services into your home, organize those services? We talked at the end of the last segment about technology and how technology is solving a lot of these issues. You're going to learn about home health care technology at these programs. My home, my castle, July 26, 12 noon, August 4th, 6 p.m. And if you sign up during the show and you give us a call at 800-TALK-WGY, that's 800-825-5949. Beth will register you here and you will receive a free Life Happens t-shirt. You can go on eBay. These are selling for 100 bucks a piece. And No, it's kidding. I'm kidding. But you'll get a free Life Happens t-shirt. You wear it to the beach this summer, and Beth will be very happy to sign you up. 800-825-5949. And, John, we're talking about technology 
um, I have a, a friend, Vic Agrawal, who's been working with CDPHP, and and Vic is brilliant. And, and Beyond he, brilliant. He him, and, brother him and his brother, yep. Ha, have created um, this program, which is now being implemented through CDPHP, which allows doctors, patients, and the insurance company to lay out their formulary. What what drugs are in our plan? What are the costs of those drugs? What are the best drugs for you? How do you find them? And they're all on the same page. And that's what technology brings to us. Yeah, and both, you know, and kudos to John Bennett over at CDPHP and also my my former colleague in pharmacy college, Christoph Elke, who's now the mm -hmm. CEO of MVP. MVP, yes. And they've got Gia out there doing the same thing. Yes. I've been with Vic and Vakash in their office to look at their programs. It's exciting. Matter of fact, it inspired a bill that I actually have going to the governor really? relatively soon. It got passed. took a couple of years. Basically, um, the bill allows for, requires insurance companies to release that information to the electronic health record companies. And the beauty of it, Lou, and of course, I'm holding my phone so that listeners can't see this, but you can put an app on your phone or the doctor can do this. Picture the doctor saying, geez, Lou, you know what? You've got diabetes. I want to start you on these medications. I've heard they're expensive. Let's see if your plan covers it or not. You can pull up the app in a heartbeat, find out if this form of insulin is covered or not. Find out if it needs prior approval because the most aggravating thing to patients is going to the pharmacy and the pharmacist saying your drug's not covered. Let the prescriber know that right from the point of, of, of prescribing and let that make a decision. But the other thing that I love the most about this whole system, and it's Leverex is the name of the company yes. that Vic and Vikash run, yes. is that it really allows the patient to be part of the solution. In other words, the doc says, you can have this drug or this drug, which would you choose? A lot of times they're going to look at what the cost is going to be, and they know because of their plan specifications, it's smart, it's logical, it's going to be required. And I think it makes a big difference. I've been spending the last couple of years working with different industries between the providers, the insurance companies, which sometimes they don't get along, just to be very clear. Oh, God, I know that. But at the end of the day, the technology you point out, there's a treasure trove of data there. And yes. if it's protected in a HIPAA-sensitive environment, yes. we can do things. Recently, I just introduced legislation which is going to require all healthcare providers to share their medical records through the Department of Financial Services with the health plans why? So those health plans, when they get a prior approval request, whether it's for an imaging, whether it's for medication, whatever it may be, can get right into that patient's health insurance health file to know exactly what's going on, what the clinician said. Far too often, the frustration we hear of prior approvals in general, yep. not just pharmacy, is because of the fact that the providers are so overwhelmed in their offices, going through all these charts, figuring this out, allow that information to be transmitted securely, safely, focused on the patient's health. I couldn't agree more. It is a revolution, and the federal government is involved in this as well. CMS has come up with a number of different innovative ideas on how to bring patients back into the healthcare system mm -hmm. and to bring them in a, in a position where they can get access to information and actually control some of their destiny in their healthcare. Now, for a normal 40 year old this is a, a unless you have some chronic illness or, or some condition you're not in the healthcare system on a daily basis you're not dealing with this on a daily basis you need it when you need it but as people age the need for this becomes an everyday occurrence 
two thought two thoughts on what you said and for the average 40 year old it's true they're not in the healthcare system but sadly they should be because far too often we talk about healthcare when really the conversation should be about living healthy mm-hmm. uh, one of the no, biggest that's, frustrations that's a whole that's a whole, topic. That's a whole but it's related topic. directly to what we're talking about. Well, it is because the reality is you end up not going and getting hooked up into the system until you're already past halfway down the track and on your way to a train wreck. Uh, the reality is, and I see this particularly in areas of, of need, I you know represent the city of Albany, low-income neighborhoods in Albany and Troy and Cohoes, mm-hmm. where people have no, there's no providers because the Medicaid system doesn't encourage providers to go into that system and the reality is people are connected instead of what they're focused on is what emergency room am i going to because i just don't feel well today and that's not really the way our healthcare system should be operating it's almost as if we should be mandating that everybody has to have a a primary care provider although admittedly we don't have enough providers We, we don't especially in those inner city and urban areas but then you get into individual liberties and a whole slew of other oh, issues. Oh yeah, it's a rocky road. Just take the vaccination issue. Oh, and and, and you <laughs> trust me, I know <laughs> it becomes so heated and political. Yeah, but it, yes, it is, and it, it's sad because it shouldn't be. But on the other hand, and I've dealt with this. I you know being one of the few healthcare providers, all the members send their people to me mm-hmm. to deal with these issues. And I said, <laughs> and really? I said to them, I said, okay, fine. I said, so I get it. Uh, we're not going to mandate injecting this into your arm. I get that. But on the other hand, you want the government to fully pay for when you're in the hospital for a $20,000 stay mm-hmm. because you chose not to have that that decision. It's a it's a, defi- del- it's a delicate conversation. It, is. it really is. It is. And I get the fear because, admittedly, I was dubious when these vaccines first came out, but that's a whole other discussion. It is. And, and I'm not – I don't want to go off that tr- – down that track because – the, the issues that we're talking about are more universal yeah. than that. And the, the use of technology to help solve the problems of healthcare, bring the costs down, get everybody on the same page, communicate. Uh, a lot of things got pushed behind the curtain with HIPAA. And, and there's there's a lot of over HIPAA-ing, if mm-hmm. you will, mm-hmm. medical records mm-hmm. and, and information. But as you said, data provides solutions. And when you're able to track data, you can craft a system around the data that allows people to get the care they need when they need it. And it becomes predictive. It, it really does. You know, it's interesting. I remember right before all hell broke loose in March of 2020, we were hustling around trying to fight off getting hit with the virus at the Capitol. And I remember talking to the governor at the time was Governor Cuomo's secretary, executive secretary for health. And she said to me very quickly, well, we really didn't know if telemedicine is going to work. We're going to find out right now. And yep. you know what? Damn it, it has worked. Yeah, it's bet. made a huge difference. You and bet. the reality is it gets to the other thing. You know, I work very closely with the disability community through the pharmacy. And I work with all pharmacies and all different entities. Do you know how much effort and time is put in just to trying to transport a patient to the emergency room? An emergency room which an individual with disabilities, think about it may not be comfortable in because of the noise the and then they're going to sit in the and, waiting room yeah. and we'll talk about that yeah. in depth because yeah. ambulances bring people to the hospital and they sit outside in the parking lot that's a whole nother issue you're absolutely right but telemedicine is a way to help sort through that and and we've had keith algazine from ucm digital health on Love him. and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that when we come back after the break for the news and then we're going to get into the legislative session and how it went this this year and what it looks like 
And we'll be back with Assemblymember John McDonald. Great to have you here, John. And thank you all for listening today. We hope you're enjoying your Saturday here in the Capital Region. And we will be back right after the news with more of Life Happens Radio. One, two, three, four. Welcome back to Life Happens on a rocking Saturday morning here on WGY. This is Luke Hero, your host for this morning, along with Assemblymember John McDonald. I want to give you one more reminder that we have an upcoming program, My Home, My Castle. When we ask people, when we meet with them, where, where do you want to age? People universally. Nobody raises their hand and says, oh, I'd love to be in the nursing home. No, you don't want to be there. You want to be in your own home with your own comfy chair, your bed, your dog, your, your television set, and all the things that are familiar to you around you. But as we age, it becomes more and more difficult to find the services, the care, the ability to stay at home. So My Home, My Castle is a seminar put together by our law firm and Everhome Care Advisors. Susan Vale, an experienced care coordinator, and myself will be presenting tools and techniques to aging in place. And you can join us Tuesday, July 26th at 12 noon. Thursday, August 4th at 6 p.m. Noon on the 26th of July is at the Regional Chamber of Commerce. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. August 4th at 6 p.m. is a dinner seminar at Moscatello's Italian Restaurant. You get a fine meal and a great education from 6 to 7.30 on the 4th of August. Call right now and sign up for these seminars, either the 26th or the 4th. And if you do, Beth Wortman will take your call, and you can call us at 800-825-5949. That's 800-TALK-WGY, 800-825-5949. And if you sign up during the next 30 minutes of the show, you will receive a free Life Happens t-shirt. And uh, they look good on the beach. They look good casual around, summertime t-shirt. Join us on the 26th or the 4th. Call us now, 800 825 5949 to register. So, John, we were on a very, what I think is probably the most critical topic right now in healthcare, and that is the automation of the healthcare system, the bringing on board of all of the different fragmented mm-hmm. parts of the system. You've got hospitals, you have primary care physicians, you have specialists, you have mental health pro- professionals, you have ambulance services, you have home health agencies, you have off-the-books home health care providers, which are proliferating right now because you just need to find people. And mm-hmm. People is a problem in home health care and health care. Let's not forget the baby boomers got older during the pandemic. They didn't get younger. And, and they're the caregivers. <laughs> so there's, right, but they're... And they're, when they start with aging into the 80s, yeah. which is coming, yeah. this whole system tilts. Yep. And so we're yep. taking on water now and it's going to be like the Titanic, get your lifeboat. But technology has promise a possibility with ai and data management that we were talking about to make a difference it sure does and 
You know, it's interesting. If you go back maybe just 10 years ago, people, ah, I don't know if I can get on that Facebook. I don't know what good is that. Now you can't get people off of it. I've got seniors, I mean, 70, 75, 80, who are emailing, texting, Instagram messaging me all the time. And I'm like, who said these folks were going to adopt technology? Why not encourage them to use it to take care of themselves? Yeah. It and makes sense. And some technology is designed in that realm for the caregiver. Right. Because you know, we have a client right now we're working with. She owns a business. She employs five people. She has a dad living with her that has dementia. She has a mom who's in assisted living who has a series of physical issues. And she's trying to run a business, run her life, have kids, manage her children, manage her father's care, manage her mother's care, and employ five people. Not easy. And she was ready to shut the business down. And she became a client of our law firm and a client of Everhome Care Advisors. And she's now working with the care managers. And the technology that goes into her home includes sensor technology. So she knows if she's at work, whether dad's in bed, out of bed, in his comfy chair, out of his comfy chair. How many steps has he taken today? How healthy is he in terms of his movement around the house? If she wants to talk to dad, she clicks on an app on her phone and appears on a screen in the kitchen. And says, hey, dad, where are you? And and can have a conversation. Yeah. Dad doesn't have to touch a bloody thing. Right. right. It's it's all automated for the person in the home. He can work with the screen. And we have you know people that are using the screen to watch videos. You can do educational videos. You can do your telehealth visits through that screen. And, and I want to just mention, because this is, I think, a really, really good thing. We have a mental health overlay to everything that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Because COVID has just put people in a mindset. I think half the country has PTSD mm-hmm. from COVID, but there's a new number, a 988 number. Yep. So talk a little today. bit about that. 988, effective today. today. Yes. Absolutely. So today. I want to talk about it and, and what that means. You know, it, it's interesting because basically for anybody who's having a mental health situation, they have suicidality, they they, they think they're, they're under a lot of anxiety. You know, it, this from a former marriage, I was thinking about this morning, I was looking at a couple of things Craig Apple and I were sharing. I'm only hoping that, number one, this helps connect people to providers. Number one, we hope it prevents suicides. Mm -hmm. Number two, we hope it's able to connect people to providers to really get the care that they need. And then, you know, interestingly enough, maybe, maybe, just maybe, it's going to reduce some of the stress on the 911 system. You know, EMS is struggling. We talk about the ambulances being yeah. backed up at the hospital. Yeah. In many situations, those are individuals who, because of the laws we have in New York State, if they say, I want to go to the hospital, they go to the hospital. But can mental health providers help individuals through this 988 number, maybe prevent an unnecessary trip to the hospital, and more, more, more importantly, connect them to the system? Um, this past year, uh, working with the Albany County Legislature and Sheriff Alpa, we were able to fund a program called Accord, which is to kind of help, it, it deals with a lot of things, but it really tries to address those individuals living in the community. I sent Craig a note about it three weeks ago about what's going on in Austin, Texas, where they're actually putting mental health counselors, instead of putting them in the vehicle to show up at a call, mm-hmm. they're actually putting them in a dispatch center. So they can actually help the dispatcher discern, is this 911 or 988? And, and tie in telemedicine now. So if, if, it, if you have the capability to do it on a telemedicine basis, now the stigma 
of going to a mental health clinic yep. or going to a hospital where you, you walk onto the mental health ward. Right, um, right. We, we had folks in from the Stratton VA. They were on the show for Memorial Day. Okay. And we just had a video conference with them yesterday. We're going to do some veterans education programs coming up in the fall with Stratton VA. Mm-hmm. And they talked about the difference it's making for veterans to get their tel- their mental health counseling via video chat. And they're doing it. And he said the veterans, instead of being stigmatized coming into the VA and having to do this, they'll go sit in their car or their truck and do it on a FaceTime. They they, they really enjoy it. They, they It actually makes them feel comfortable. And that's, that's half the issue sometimes is getting people to be in a position to be comfortable to yeah. open up. And there's another reality out there. Um, psychiatrists specifically are few and far between. They're extraordinarily expensive. Um, they're in a position where they may want to, but do not have to take any of the government-funded programs. Yeah. So we need to be mindful of that. On the other hand, once again, going back to telemedicine, if a provider is able to schedule appointments and people can keep those appointments, I can't imagine what it must be like in a medical office because I know I have to hustle to get to my practice on time. And I'm sure they have cancellations all day long, and there's just dead time. On the other hand, it's funny. When you have a Zoom appointment, you make it on time. We have been, just from a legislative perspective, we always offer in person, but we also offer Zoom. And a lot of people are taking Zoom, and we found out we're able to pack my schedule more for more meetings, sure. which is what I want. I mm-hmm. want FaceTime with people. And granted, in person's great. It's always important. Nothing like the good old-fashioned handshake once in a while. I agree. But the reality is people have busy lives, and they don't need to be jockeying about parking around state capitol. So, you know, meet them where they're at, whatever it may be. It changes the world. We do that in our law practice as well. We had to during COVID because Um, you couldn't meet with clients, and clients still needed to get wills done. And, you know, we we counsel people through hospitalizations and discharge plans and home health care and all those things. So. You needed to do the Skype meetings back then. Now, Zoom meetings or, yeah. or Teams meetings yeah. or whatever your modality Lab-X, is. whatever you want to call yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it isn't as personal and it isn't as good, but it allows you to connect with far more people. I also found out it helps me, at least when I'm in the meeting, get right to the point. And there's nothing wrong with social niceties and that's always fine. But the reality is you're able to... <laughs> It's also helpful for us politicians because people usually put their name in there so we can remember their name. You can see it for a longer period of time, but it makes a big difference in regards to, you know, at least getting to the meat of the issue because sometimes the conversations get a little bit drawn off. It's it's fascinating the change in society that COVID has brought and the acceleration of things like telemedicine. And by the way, it was not a necessity, right? Yes. And that's okay. That actually shows that we still have that. American ingenuity, which I think sometimes we lament, we wonder if we lost. And that's the old adage. Necessity is the mother of invention. Right, exactly. And so there you have it. Yep, absolutely. Um, so 988, that, uh, I, we do a lot of work with a variety of people with disabilities, as you were talking mm-hmm. about earlier. And NAMI New York is somebody we work closely with. Mm-hmm. And they were big behind the 988 number. Big behind. Matter of fact, they're having their annual summer picnic this afternoon in North Greenbush. And you'll be there probably. I hope to be there. That's Snyder's <laughs> Lake. I'd like to go, but we'll see what happens. Okay, great. But the, the 988 number gives people an opportunity to call someone, not just a 911. And, and no, like you so said, this is a trained professional that yeah. is going to really be very understanding of, of, of potentially of where they're coming from. And once again, um, you know, 
in our state, believe it or not, doesn't have as high of a suicide rate as other states do. And there's a whole other conversation on why that's happening mm-hmm. in other states. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, we've recognized that the numbers continue to grow. And they're growing because of a lot of different things out there. But mostly it's because people sometimes are isolated and not connected. Yeah. One thing that I've noticed, and I, I speak all over the country on elder law issues and dealing with aging issues. And I talk about New York's Medicaid system to people in other attorneys in other states. And I say, well, we can get 24 hour a day home care under Medicaid. And if you don't get it, you go to a fair hearing and you fight for it and you have rights and, and you can litigate those issues. I say, what are you talking about? We have none of that. No, it, <laughs> you know, it's interesting. This could digress us the rest of the day, but you know, far too long. I'm going to Florida. I'm done. I don't have to show up to work on Monday. I leave New York behind. And I'm like, that's fine. Have a good time. Apply your sunscreen a half an hour before you go out. You'll be back. And you'll be back. <laughs> you will be back. Yep. What do you mean? I said, Florida, Alabama, Texas. Mm-hmm. Their healthcare system doesn't stand a chance compared to New York's. Yep. Now, admittedly, yeah, it does cost us something. And it leads to a lot of challenges. Yep. But at the end of the day, it's about living a long and healthy life, not living a short one. And New York, its politics have a lot of problems, but compassion yeah. isn't one of them. No. New York no. politics tend to be a compassionate yep. no, political we, system. It may be sometimes to a fault, but the reality mm-hmm. is this, is that we try to cover everybody, yeah. irrespective of what their ideology is. And that's important because it's about living. Yep. And you mentioned the health care system before. Uh, I always refer to it as the sick care system. <laughs> And, and you were kind of getting at that for that yeah. 40-year-old. Yeah. You know, how do you have a healthy lifestyle? How, and, you know, I have heart disease in my family. I, I had caught a, an issue that I didn't know existed mm-hmm. six years ago and ended up with a quintuple bypass surgery. No. And here I am. You yeah. know, good still, for you. Still here. Look good. Look healthy. Because, medi- you know, medicine today can put things back together again. Right. But it, I should have been paying more attention from 40 to 57 to what was going on. And living a more healthy lifestyle mm-hmm. and, and not having high cholesterol. I would argue at 30, you should be really engaged yeah. in the system. And it, you know, it, it's, um, it, it's you know, in this day and age, we have a lot of comfort food. We have a lot of comfort lifestyle things, which are fine and dandy. But the truth of the matter is it kind of takes us off our mark. Yeah. You know, and at the end of the day, yeah, I would think everybody should have a gym membership and everybody should have a a dietitian or a health counselor. Well, we have it, silver sneakers. So, well, you, I tell you, you, you get know, free gym memberships <clears throat> for, with health insurance. I got news for you. That silver sneakers, they love it. Yeah. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No I'm talking to my cousin the other day who does pretty well. And he says, You know, I got silver sneakers. They're going to join up the gym up the street because it's great. I'm like, Jesus, the money you got, you can join any place you want. But the silver sneakers got him in. Yep. Good for him. Yep. Nothing wrong with that. No. No, nothing at all. And and one of the things that happens in a sick care system is overprescription of medications. And that's been a problem, especially with mental health and pain management. Overprescribing of a lot of things, mm-hmm. overprescribing of tests, overprescribing diagnostic, but it does happen with prescriptions. And, you know, it's challenging because 
you know, being in pharmacy for 33 years now, I can tell you it's been dramatic change in regards to the improvement of the medications. However, it's the same, and, it, and, and it was necessary because, you know, the old adage 30 years ago was just lock them up in an institution and just keep giving them Thorazine and just they, they'll never come out of it. Inhumane. The right thing to do to correct that. But at the same token, now we have a lot of medications out there that are allowing people to live their lives and to live it and be productive and contributing members of society. But at the same token, one of the frustrations we see in the pharmacy end is that there's such a disruption in regards to mental health care providers that you really, pharmacists are playing a much more critical role in trying to make sure we're balancing everything properly. Yep. We need to take one more short break. When we come back, and I promised our audience we'd talk about the legislative sessions. Yeah. We need to do that in the last 15 minutes. Yep. So we get off on these great discussions. It's good stuff. And I hope the audience is enjoying it. I know I am. Here with Assemblymember John McDonald on Life Happens Radio, I'm Lou Pirro. We're going to take a short break. Stay with us for the last segment. We will be right back. song i like it because it is summer it's july can you believe it july is half over um, i will be heading up to lake george this afternoon for a vacation uh, Good I, for like, you. I like to say well deserved but some people may not think so but i'm going up with the family we're going to be up on lake george for a week and i hope all of you are enjoying your summer and, and have some plans to get out there have a barbecue go swimming do your outdoor activities go hiking new york is a rich rich state in terms of outdoor activity and the ability to go up to the Adirondacks, go hiking, go to the Catskills, go hiking. You have so many places that you can go and awesome, awesome facilities and awesome nature around you. Not only good for physical health, but also good for mental health. And, yeah. right? so, hike those 46 peaks. I, uh, not me. One, yeah. a, one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> one at a time. But uh, it, it's, it's a great place in the summertime. It really is. You've got Saratoga, you've got SPAC, you've got all kinds of things yeah. going on. So I hope you are able to enjoy your summer we're here on Life Happens every Saturday morning at 11 o'clock. And I want to remind you, last chance, the last 10 minutes, sign up for our seminars coming up July 26th and August 4th. Get yourself a free Life Happens t-shirt. I'll be wearing mine in Lake George. So if you see a Life Happens t-shirt, say hi. And uh, you can call us right now at 800-825-5949. That's 800-TALK-WGY. Beth Wortman is waiting to take your call, and she will sign you up for the seminars July 26th at noon, August 4th at 6. John, the legislative session was interesting this year, and, and we had our Elder Law Forum, which you were gracious enough to speak at, that our firm sponsors every year. And the theme that I took away from it is New York State was flush with cash. How'd that happen? Yeah, you know, thanks to the federal government, uh, New York State did have a windfall. Um, also, the economy, although it's a delicate balance, has really kicked into high gear. So sales tax revenues are billions of dollars ahead. It, it, it's amazing that none of that gets publicized. No. All you hear, and and God bless us, inflation at 9.1% is off the charts. Right, right. And that needs to be dealt with. Yep, absolutely. But the employment numbers, 372,000 jobs created in the last month. Unemployment at 3.6%. Yeah. Wages going up 5 and 6%. Yep. All great economic indicators. And then the inflation just kind of just hits you right, in, right between the eyes and yeah. say, what the hell's going on? Yeah. It's just crazy. Um. You know, it's interesting because, you know, yes, we did. We did a lot of investment on things that we should have invested in 10, 15 years ago, particularly in regards to home care and health care. Yep. 
Our hospitals are bleeding big time. Yeah. You're going to hear more about that in the coming months. Our long-term care facilities, um, those that are there still are struggling in many aspects. So we were able to put aside a lot of capital money, one-time expenses, which is good, and the Department of Health will work with those providers to try to address them. And it's not just the New York City hospitals. You know, we made it a big, big fuss around here that our upstate hospitals are struggling too, whether it's in Albany Med or St. Peter's, but also let's not forget the rural hospitals. Yeah. Um, that's They're in real bad shape. Um, but it's going to take a significant amount of investment. We're investing in human services. Um, and then, you know, we've had a very interesting session. You know, as you know, we were just back for a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks ago, and, and addressed with some... A couple special issues. Supreme Court issues. Yeah, that, just, just touch on those because, yeah, you know, the federal government, God bless them, they gave us some money, but now you have the court taking away some rights. And New York, New Yorkers don't like to have their rights taken away. No, no. And, you know, obviously, if you had to pick two items you don't want to bring up at the dinner table, it's abortion and guns. Yeah. And those are the two issues that the Supreme Court made decisions on. And our job is to, okay, understand the decisions and then comply with those decisions. And on, on the um, conceal and carry, which really wasn't an issue that I heard an awful lot about here in the capital region. I knew people who had them and they got them with no problem. Yeah. Um, that. That issue came up and, you know, the state, I said to the folks, I said, be careful because I know how the legislature is going to react to that. And we put in restrictions, which, by the way, Supreme Court said, New York State, you're fine to put in restrictions on conceal and carry. And we did that. Um, abortion rights, you know, this has been, it's a sensitive topic for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it really has been uh, the law of the land for the last 50 years was overturned. In New York State, it's not. I don't want to say it's not a big issue, but it's not the issue. We codified this a couple of years ago with a lot of debate. Um, in other states, it's a challenge. And, you know, like anything else, um, people like to claim victory and claim loss. The reality is we're talking about human beings here, and it's a very sensitive topic. But we came in, we addressed those issues, um, and we move on. Yeah, it's like dancing on the head of a pin for a politician. It's Be- challenging because... And I, and I always try to take the middle-of-the-road approach that, okay, what's the issue and how do we address it the best way? I think sometimes people get carried away with, if they take a, a very far-right or far-left position, they get carried away, and it actually distracts from the real issue at hand, which is problematic. Yeah, it's a right to choose. It is. And, and it, yeah. you know, is that, a, it was deemed not to be a fundamental right anymore, the right to choose. Yeah. And whether you believe in abortion or not, they, they are two, two sides of the same coin, but very two different sides. Mm-hmm. When you look at individual freedom yep. and people's individual rights, and, and there's no mandate that things happen. This is just giving someone the right to make their own decision. Right. And it's it's a sensitive topic. Yeah. And it's one that is arguably in the 10 years I've been in the legislature and probably my predecessors can say arguably for the last 50 years have been the most hotly contested discussions, kind of like that fourth rail you just don't want to get into, but you need to at the end of the day, because people feel that the rights have been taken away. Yeah. So we'll get, we'll move on from that. Yeah. <laughs> we're not yeah. going to solve no. it here on no, radio, but let's talk about other highlights from the legislative session. Other, you know, the governor, how's she doing? We've got a new governor. You know, she's been very much there on the issues. Um, you know, obviously people with different politics may think otherwise, and they're entitled to that opinion. Um, I think that, you know, overall what's been good is she's established a, a solid team. Um, 
I've met with uh, Commissioner Bassett in health many times. It's funny. She's a hard worker. I'm, <laughs> I'll run into her at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock on a Sunday night in the, in the LOB, which I thought I was the only fool working. And, um, you know, she's trying to rebuild that department. And it's been part of the challenge. We lost a lot of individuals yeah. in the Department of Health. And it's really kind of put... You mean during COVID? During COVID. Yeah, people had a chance to retire, and they did. People chose to retire. People weren't happy the way things were going and said, I don't want to be a part of this. Yeah, And it's unfortunate because a lot of talented individuals walked out the door. And it's kind of actually stalled us in many aspects. You know, here we are. We've been, for the last four or five years, Pat Fay, Neil Bros and I have been fighting to get $800 million to build a new state-of-the-art Wadsworth Laboratory here in the capital region because they're supposed to move it away. And we got it secured, but nothing's happened because the commissioner is still trying to find people to be directors of the lab. Yeah, the talent gap. Talent gap is huge. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's been a challenge in many aspects. And at the same token, it's interesting. We're into that. People say, well, it's a part-time job. You're only in there six months a year. I was explaining to Beth because she was asking, what are your travel plans? I said, I got news for you. I'm booking meetings out of state in October, November, September um, to speak on a variety of different issues because New York State is a leader in many of these issues. And Always. It's, it's one of those things I tell folks, if you want something done during the upcoming session, if you're not in Albany advocating for the with the executive or advocating with the legislature by in September, October, November, you're done. Come January, yeah. you're done because everything's pretty much put together and it's a matter of just either keeping it in or keeping it out, depending on your position. I, I understand. And, <laughs> and I don't do any of that kind yeah. of work. I don't do any lobbying work, yeah, but I, right. I, I know a it's lot. A process. I know it's a, a lot of lobbyists actually yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who are friends of mine. And, yeah. It's a process. And, and it's amazing. Yeah. But that, that could be a whole nother topic. The influence of those lobbyists on, on how the state government runs, but it, yeah. it can't be denied. I mean, they're, they're pretty powerful. They're they're a ever-fessant force, and yeah. they're effective. I yes. have to tell you, um, I find many times the lobbyists are they're very good at identifying what their clients' needs are, obviously, but also identifying where this can or cannot be changed in in the law. Mm-hmm. Now, whether it's good policy or not, it's for us to make that decision. But they can be very effective, very helpful. Yeah. Um, they're also ones that are not very public. They kind of go about their business, doing their work, because that's what it is. And you know, there are a lot of good. Folks working in our various agencies that also do the same thing. They meet with them. They understand it. And we try to look at what is in the best interest of the public at large. Well said. We talked about innovation. Right here in the Capital District, there's a new Innovate 518 program and a new center over at the State University for innovation. Uh, and we have an, uh, one of my affiliates has an office there. It's a phenomenal facility. And nobody really knows about it. It's yeah. a gem that they built. Over yeah, there. It, it is. And to be honest with you, I'm not that steeped in it either yeah. as well. It's one of those. We've had, we have, you know, people forget we live in the capital. You know, you were talking earlier about the Catskills to the south and the Adirondacks to the north. But the truth of the matter is, you know, we have so many employment opportunities, so much things going on just with the SUNY system alone. Absolutely. And global just boundaries. With, and the other 17 schools of higher education. We are very fortunate to have a lot. A lot of good resources. Well, John, thank you so much for joining us once again. I think it's been a a great hour. I've enjoyed it. I hope you have too. And thank you for listening out there. Hope you can join us on September, or excuse me, September, July 26th or August 4th for our seminars coming up. And we hope you can join us every Saturday morning here at Life Happens Radio and Talk Radio WGY. Thanks. Have a great weekend. 
Enjoy the summer. It will be fleeting. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.